Off trail, on trail, they're all one thing, aren't they? Hello, my name is Constantine, hiker, rambler, owner and founder of 11 Skies. We created a podcast here to highlight and represent what it takes to make through hiking, long distance backpacking, adventures, outdoor life possible. Questions that focus on the how and the who, not necessarily the what. We all share this love for what we call the outdoors, but everybody's different. The diversity is what makes it wonderful. And just like the trails themselves, the diversity of how people make this life possible and how people continue to live the life that they truly love is what really has inspired us and makes us want to continue to learn about these people. So this is the Off Trail Podcast where, yeah, we might talk about trails from here and there. It's hard to make a hiker not ramble about trail systems, but mostly we're going to learn about the people. We're going to learn about what makes it possible and how they function and how they manage and how they strategize their time off trail, make on trail possible. Enough of our rambles. Let's just get into it, shall we? Welcome back to the Off Trail Podcast. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with the one and only Impala. And Impala actually took some time out of his hiking day. Um, he's actually grinding out some miles right now. So, yeah, I want to welcome Impala. Impala, thanks for being on the show, man. No worries, man. It's a pleasure to be here and an honor to be asked to come on, Constantine. Thank you. Dude, thank you, man. And uh, I think we were texting a little bit before you hopped on. You said you were trying to run into a bush to avoid some wind. Oh, mate, yeah, it's, it's breezy, but it's proper sunny too. So it's like you'll find shelter from the wind, but then just get cooked in the sun. But I found the holy grail here, man. I'm out the wind, I've got shade, and there's a little pond in front of me. So I might go for a little skinny dip later as well, mate. Oh, that's <laughs> nice. It, it might just be me. I, I wonder your take on this, but wind is one of the things that drives me the most nuts on the trail, man. Like, I can deal with snow, uh, I can deal with rain, but like excessive, consistent wind, like, it drives me a little bonkers. I think it's just the flapping on your ears, and if it's like if you add wind to any other type of weather, it's just hell, isn't it? It's yeah, I don't like it either, mate. <laughs> yeah. yeah, give me rain all day long over wind. Oh, me too, man. I'm gonna have to find some type of like earplugs or something next time for the wind. I just haven't found a way to. Have you found a way to like kind of lessen the brutality of it a little bit? Is there any technique you found? Uh, you know, if you carry like a buff, a net gator, put that on the outside of your rain jacket hood. Yep. And that sort of pulls all your hood in a bit tighter. That sort of helps. Oh, nice. So that's the only thing I've found that can kind of help with a bit of sanity protection. Yeah, I, I saw you were an ultralight backpacker too, and I want to get into that. But I'm going to tell you something that's going to probably uh, grind your gears a little bit. I actually carry five buffs. Five buffs? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I have you a... use them as toilet paper somewhere? <laughs> I could. I very well could. I, I have a buff for... <laughs> I have a buff for every occasion. I have a buff, like a mid-sized buff. I have a head-sized buff. I have an ankle-sized buff. And then I found buffs, buffs, man, like, are the perfect kind of, like, replacement for duct tape, kind of. Like, they help shin splints. You can use them for injuries. Like, I just, I carry yeah. a lot. I carry a whole lot of buffs, man. <laughs> well, everyone's got to have a kink, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, we, we, already, we, already got into a, we already got into a tangent, man, but uh, even before recording, man, you sound like a real interesting guy to talk to. So we're going to circle back to the first question, um, let you take it from there. So, yeah, the first big question for you, Impala, is uh, who are you? Who am I? Um, I'm a Yorkshire lad from England. 
Um, I've been backpacking since... Oh, I've been camping pretty much my whole life. You know, I grew up half fellow. My old man spent many years homeless, so he always had these cool tales of adventure, of like life on the road and stuff. Um, and that just sort of inspired me to sort of crack on and get out and do a bit more camping and hiking and stuff. When I got made redundant, and it was like, I came across the TRO in New Zealand. Yep. Um, and yeah, that was in 2012, so it was quite a while ago. It was like the first year it opened. I was like, oh, if I get made redundant, I'm going to go hike the trail. So I lost my job, hiked the trail, and yeah, life's never been the same since, bro. I've just been a complete addict. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's all I want to do, man. I just need to scratch that itch and uh, yeah, find the next trail to do. Go do it. I, I like how you use the term addict because I feel the same way sometimes. It, it is an addiction and an obsession, but... It's a, it's a healthy addiction and obsession to a certain degree. Oh, like, dude, it, it's I say the word addiction, but it's a it's a, it's a healthy addiction, man. Because it's like I, I know, I've got friends who come off crystal meth. Yeah, they can drop their uh, depression meds when they're hiking. It's like that's a powerful thing, man. You know. So yeah. if I'm addicted to something that's good for me, hey, that's not a bad thing, you know. I'm the same way. I've met many people that kind of replace hiking with uh, another addiction, another unhealthy addiction. I wonder yeah. if it, I wonder if it sparks the same parts of the brain, um, or it feeds into the same part, the receptors of saying, "Hey, this is like actually, yeah." And you get endorphins, you get serotonin, like it uptakes a lot of things inside of you. So yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm addicted. I'm obsessed as well, man. I like that you use that term. <laughs> it's a, uh, it's one that rattles around my brain when I'm getting after the miles too. Something I, something I wanted to touch on, Impala, I don't know, I can always edit this out if you're not comfortable talking about this, but you said your old man grew up, grew up homeless. Can you kind of walk me through what that w- was like a little bit? Um, I've never talked to somebody that has had that as, uh, has had that person as a parent. Um, yeah, could you walk me through what that was like? Yeah, so, um, what, so from the ages of, I think he was, what, 17 to like 22, okay. um, he left home due to just disagreements with family and whatnot. And, uh, yeah, just slept rough. And he was a very talented artist. So he'd go into pubs and do, like, quick sketch portraits of people and exchange them for uh, food or beer tokens. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, just got by like that. Just huh. living the dream. Just would... in town to town. And uh, see how he got on. What would he... But, yeah, the tales and stuff of that were amazing. And it's like, I remember when I went to go to the TRR, I had this bloody, like, 70-litre pack. Mm-hmm. And he was just like, what the bloody hell are you doing? I had like a carrier bag full of stuff. Do you know what I mean? Why are you being so soft? And he was like, yeah. So I think that's why the ultralight thing came in as well, you know? <laughs> he said, why were you being so soft? Yeah, for carrying so much gear, man. Because he would just <laughs> carry like a tarpaulin and a, a wool blanket, you know? He's like, the ground is a good enough uh, inflatable pad. The ground is perfect. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're just being a pussy. <laughs> <laughs> well, that'll, that'll make you that'll make you get after some miles. Yeah, man. So it sounds like he was bringing you along for a lot of these trips, and you said that was kind of not the impetus, but it brought a lot of adventure spirit into you. So were you all traveling a lot around London? Were you guys traveling a lot around the UK? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm from Yorkshire, so Yorkshire. it's called God's Country. Yeah. Um, it's pretty much East Coast middle top of england okay just sort of between hull and middlesbrough but yeah it's a beautiful little spot we've got a real nice ecosystem called the yorkshire moors um it's kind of like a desert that's absolutely dripping wet mate huh um so yeah it's like 
mosses and uh, different heathers, but it's just very bleak, very exposed, and all the moss just holds all the moisture, kind of like sort of uh, northern Washington almost, but without the trees. Okay, yeah, I, I can picture that. Yeah, it, it's weird, man. And you, there was something when I was uh, looking into you a little bit, something that was on one of your profiles that you said had done the Yorkshire, I'm going to butcher this word, Wolds? Is it Worlds or Wolds? Wolds Way? Wolds Way. Yeah, man. So that's a, a short little 80-miler. Uh, it pretty much goes past my house. Oh, sweet. Um, but yeah, the Wolds is basically a, an old term for a high forest. So back in the day, that had just been like a high forest, and now it's all just like farmed and agricultural land. But there is still some proper beautiful little nuggets in there of uh, nice days. But that's the thing with the UK, our national trail system. The trails are very short, you know. Mm -hmm. um, the longest one we've got, it's like 650 miles. Okay. And that's the southwest coast path till this English coast path gets finished, and that'll be the, the new long one. But most of them are about 100 miles long, so you could literally come over to the UK do all our national trials in one hiking season, you know? Uh-oh, you just planted a seed. <laughs> <laughs> when you're saying they're national trails, I'm going to be ignorant on this fact because I've revolved a lot of my own hiking around the U.S., so this is also why I really wanted to have you on the show. Is like, when you say they're national trails, is there a governing body with the U.K., or how do they, how do they designate these national trails, and what's, like, the backstory with them? Oh, mate, um... I'm not 100% educated on this, man, but I think it's Natural England is responsible for the national trail system. Okay. And I think there's 15 in total, mate. Um, yeah, and they sort of fund them and upkeep them, and basically they're just blazed and benched okay. is the thing. And I think they have to have sort of certain uh, requirements on, like, going through so many triple SI areas. And triple SI, what would, what would that refer to? Uh, site of... Specific, no, what is it? Site of scientific or special interest. Okay. So just beautiful locations, mate. Okay, cool. And we were talking a little bit about it before I started recording here too, about the perception of hiking, um, at least on these kind of lesser known trails. Might not be all the UK trails, but at least the one you're currently on. And I, I want to touch on that in a minute. But what is hiking in general? I know this is going to be a big general question, question, but what is hiking in general like um, in the UK? Like, what are the uh, similarities, differences? Because I've seen you've also done trails in the US. So, um, yeah, what, what are the kind of like similarities and differences with uh, hiking in the UK versus the US? Uh, it's, it's a whole different kettle of fish, mate. Um, yeah, yeah in, in the States, it's very much sort of you know, just hike and camp where you want. In the UK, there is, like, a small community of people who are hiking like that, you know, like the sort of through-hiker style, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. um, but traditionally, yeah, British backpacking is very much uh, carry everything you could possibly need and sort <laughs> of bounce campsite to campsite or bed and breakfast to bed and breakfast. Mm -hmm. um, you know, typical sort of boots, full Gore-Tex, waterproofs. That's the kind of vibe. But there is this sort of new wave coming through the sort of more sort of americanized hiking sort of sense if that makes sense like we've got a lot of real cool ultralight companies sort of springing up mm. and with that is bringing this real nice community and yeah i bumped into a couple of people on this trail already who were who were down with it and yeah it's nice man it's getting stronger the community it's good because you from what i've seen you definitely hike in the through hiking quote-unquote style are the trails built for that because it sounds like you said 
Um, they're kind of built for B&B to B&B hiking or campsite to campsite. So like if somebody was going out there doing a 20 mile day, a 30 mile day, can you hike from campsite to campsite or is the infrastructure of the trails a little tricky to juggle? Yeah. So unfortunately, mate, in, in, in England, um, you're not able to camp wherever you want. So even when you're on the trail, if you're camping, technically you're breaking the law. Oh, um, but like anything illegal, it's only illegal if you get caught, mate. So just don't get caught, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, hey, just camp late, leave early, and leave no trace, and all is good. I've only been caught a couple of times, and it's never been too much of an issue. I was going to say, but when if you go over the border into Scotland, hey, that's a whole different world. It's, you've got the right to roam up there, so you can camp where you want and go where you want, mate. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, yeah. Is it being caught by like the landowner? Is it being caught by um, again? I'm ignorant with UK like it, uh, British uh, police. Like, it, excuse me. Yeah, police police won't really give you any hassle. Yeah. Um, unless you're somewhere a bit stupid. But yeah, landowners, <laughs> man. A lot of the time, it's if you're in the corner of the field or something, and they might just be going around to check on the, the flock or whatnot. Yeah. Like what you're doing. So you can kind of get it from their point of view. And a lot of the time, they're sound if you just chat to them. Yeah. I've talked to a lot of German hikers, um, and they said, like, in Germany as well, when you're hiking through there, technically all wild camping is also illegal, but they also said the culture around it is if you find a farmer's field or something like that, as long as you ask permission, nine times out of ten, they're usually just very happy to be like, yeah, why not? It's it's a field. You can camp on the corner of it. It's just easier to beg forgiveness and ask permission, knowing it, mate, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and especially especially when you're doing the miles to, like, at the end of a, I've seen kind of your post, and the end of, like, a 30-plus mile day, sometimes you don't have the energy. You just want to s- slap your stuff down and just crash out. Like, sometimes you just, like, yeah. I don't really want to have this interaction of, like, well, I'm going to have to push more miles or something. So, yeah, I, I agree with that mentality. <laughs> So I want to talk a little bit, and I'm gonna I want to circle back to more about you here in a second. But I want to talk a little bit more while we're on this tangent of these UK trails. What is the trail name that you're currently on? <laughs> it's it's my own well, my own creation. It's called the Mighty Blighty. So um, <laughs> the Mighty Blighty. New trail called the English Coast Path, which is going to be the longest national trail. Once they uh, get their ass sorted into gear and get it finished, it was meant to be finished like two years ago, and I've been waiting to do it for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just sick of waiting, and the time was right to go now. So it's that. But the problem is it only hits the coastline of England. Mm-hmm. So when you get to Wales, the English Coast Path stops. And when you get to the Scottish-English border, again, it stops. So it's like, what are you meant to do, hitch it? Um, or does two other trials you can take to link it up and make it into a big 3,000 plus mile loop. So, uh, yeah, that's what I'm doing. Linked up offers like the English Scottish border and the English coast path. So to picture it, what you're doing is literally walking around the coastline of all of UK and Scotland. Uh, no, just England. So if you look at a, a map of England, the whole border of England, I'll be covering. Wow. Okay. So, and we were chatting about this a little bit before recording. What are the trail conditions like, my man? Well, different, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like the, the past two days, I've just been on loose gravel and black top. Yeah. But then I've had some beautiful, beautiful single track. And it's been pretty much a thousand miles of flat. The first thousand miles was just totally flat. Like I, I was begging for a climb. 
Mm-hmm. When I hit my first clot, my legs just lost their shit and I flew up it, mate. It was just like, wow. Yeah. It's, yeah. Isn't that amazing? I've had the same experience and also perception from other hikers, like flat miles are sometimes the hardest miles because it's the same muscles over and over yeah. again. I was really worried too, man, that it was going to make me weak, bro. Like I thought, oh, my legs are going to have adapted to be super strong just for going flat and grinding out these miles. Yeah. But uh, yeah, luckily when I got to the first climb, it, it, was, it was spot on, man. I felt real good about it. Because it just uses enough different muscle groups that like, yeah, it feels refreshing. Like, I've been more sore at the end of a completely flat day than at the end of ups, downs, kind of all the way arounds, whatever you want to call them. Like, yeah, flat miles can actually really, really start hurting the body, especially when they're consistent. Yeah, especially road top, man, black top. That stuff just kills you. Like, yesterday, I was just walking, like, promenades through Brighton and around there. Yeah. Um. So it's just like a long ass road walk. I end up sleeping in a bush, but I was done <laughs> in, man. Like all my ankles were burning, quads. It just, yeah, everything just gets beat up. I don't like it. Yeah. So with this trail or more route right now, I'm uh, I'm assuming it doesn't have a governing body that's going out there and flagging the route, or it's putting trail signs up. So you're navigating off of a route that you created or that you pulled maps from where else? So how did you like, what's your navigation like out there? Well, basically the, the ocean, <laughs> I keep on my left. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, buddy. Pretty fucking easy, bro. <laughs> oh. Oh, man. Like, yeah, well, that is the, the premise. Oh. I, mean, I use a couple of different navigation apps, and that sort of helps when I get some more technical sections. <laughs> but yeah, just, as long as I see the sea and it's on my left, I'm kind of going the right way. Oh. I don't want to get to Wales. That's uh, an ancient border called Offa's Dyke, and that's actually a national trail, so that's all blazed and good. And sections of the English Coast Path are actually blazed because oh. they're wanting to make it into a national trail, but only. A small section of it I've come across that's actually been like well benched and blazed. <laughs> Dude, that's hilarious. Have you ever woken up one day in the oceans on your right and you're like, uh oh, what something something went wrong here? Oh no, man, I'm pretty good, man. I know my left and my right. Like, you know, I put my fingers out every day and I just double check that the big alley's on the ocean side, you know. <laughs> Dude, I was not expecting that at all. I was, I, I was expecting like. Man, I have to use all these paper maps, all, all of this uh, GPS, and it's like, eh, the, the ocean's on the left. It's going to be okay. <laughs> Dude, I, I'm all about winging it, man. It, you know, if you plan, you become a slave to your plan, you know? Yeah. Like, I just wanted to hit the trail and get moving, bro. And... Yeah. So, yeah, so getting into that with the plan of this trail, um, sounds like the plan is just to walk, but what's the what's kind of the goal for this? Is It's just you want to be able to walk this trail and before it's officially designated what what was the kind of impetus for you to get after this trail specifically it's just on the list mate you know it's yeah. uh, uh, all hikers have got their list of to do's you know and oh mind doing that one day or that sounds cool and you know if it's going to be the uk's longest national trial yeah it'd be rude not to wouldn't it you know and i kind of I was hoping to go stateside this year and have a pop at the CDT again because I tried it a few years back and unfortunately got off it due to weather conditions. So I've got unfinished business out there, but I didn't have the finances. And it's kind of lucky, I think, because it's all burning up out there, unfortunately, at the moment, isn't it? Yeah. Um, 
So I was like, oh, what can I hit instead? And I was like, oh, how much have I got? I've got enough to do sort of three, four thousand miles. So <laughs> I think I bugger it. I grew up on the coast, so left me mum's house. It, got a lift off a friend and then, uh, yeah, hit the trail. Is this letting you experience this country in a way that you're really enjoying? So, like, again, before we started hopping on here, we were talking about, especially when it's new trails, um, that can be new trails in the U.S., new trails in the U.K., wherever you hike, um, the communities aren't really ready for hikers yet, if that if that makes sense, quote-unquote ready. They, they don't expect hikers. So what's kind of the reception been and what's kind of the uh, perception been as you've been walking through these towns that don't really know a hiking culture? It's weird, man. It's like I play a little game where I say hello to everyone <laughs> and I, I, I make a note of how many people say hello back. And you can really judge how cool the community is off that, you know? Yeah. Um, the posher areas, you get a lot less hellos. Poorer areas, you get a lot more, you know? Mm-hmm. That's just what I've discovered so far. But I did find some rabbit ears a couple of, years, a couple of days ago, so I've been wearing them. And I've got quite a big beard, so a lot of people look at me like I'm quite intimidating. Yeah. And like I'm some sort of weird psychopath here to village to village, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but then the cool people seem a lot cooler with it, so yeah. When you're either staying in that town or popping in for a meal, do locals like have interest? Like, do they have interest in what you're doing? Like, have you had a lot of conversations on like, hey, this is going to become the English Coast Path, like they're going to officially designate it? Do you have a lot of those types of conversations when you're in town? Very little, man. Yeah. Very little. And I think the problem is because my pack's so small, people <laughs> don't look at me like I'm on like an adventure. Do you know what I mean? They just think I'm some sort of guy with personal hygiene issues. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I guess that is another thing, too, because, yeah, especially like you were saying, UK hikers and even some other European hikers, like, no, nine times out of ten, they have giant packs because they're carrying everything to camp. So I guess that's the societal consensus there is if you have a giant pack, you're on an adventure. But if you have this very ultralight pack, you're just wandering, maybe? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, so, it's weird. Um, I've had some really nice conversations, but yeah, very, very few and far between. Like, I'll never... I'll never come out and say, like, what I'm doing. I wait for someone to ask me, you know. Like, I'd rather talk about something else. Like, I met some old hippie today, and we were talking for, like, 10 minutes about everything and anything, you know. Yeah. And I'd much rather have that than talking about hiking because that's all I'm doing, you know. Yeah, that's what you're doing consistently. I'm confused on this point, so I'm sorry if I'm asking the same question here again. Does it have a a governing body? Does it have a trail agency? Like, are you in contact with the trail agency as one of the first people to completely connect your footsteps around this route like no i'm not sure if anyone else has done it before um and i haven't been in contact with the trail agency or anything um but yeah it's just the national trail network and i think it's uh yeah natural england who are the governing body who uh, are trying to get like land access and rights to it and stuff okay i did hear that um they were trying to we've got something called the crow act which is like the the right to access to different footpaths and stuff. And they're all about getting that put on the, the coast of England. Mm-hmm. So you have the right to roam, but only on the coastline. Okay. Which if they get that, that'll be absolutely amazing. So I'm curious, with this type of hike and this type of adventure, is it making you start leaning towards more hikes of this type, like routing, kind of figuring it out as you go? Or are you craving the kind of structure of the cdt or pct like 
are you finding yourself leaning towards one or the other? Uh, dude, I absolutely love a trail that's just there. Yeah. You know, like the AT, you can just get on it and you can just ride that as far as you want to go. Do you know what I mean? I love that. Yeah. You know, not having to navigate, not having to faff around. It's just, this is my trail and I'm just going to keep walking it. It's, yeah. It's that sort of mindfulness in the sort of, the less you have to do, the deeper you can dive, you know? Yeah. Because like, again, we, we might have different mentalities here, but my partner and I have done some of these trails where there's not really a whole lot of structure around it. And sometimes I feel exhausted just at the end of the day with, all the factors that go into it is one, the navigation, but then two, like we were talking about the communities and the awareness and like always this perception of like people are just looking at you like you're not supposed to be there. Like it's kind of exhausting on a certain level. Mm-hmm. No, I know what you mean, man. It takes a lot more out of you. Yeah. Um, not too bad though, this, cause it's like, cause you're walking through like coastal towns and beaches. A lot of them already have access, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but the route stuff I've done up in Scotland and stuff, that that's good crack, man. I do enjoy it, but I would want to do it for more than like a week or two, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A week or two is like a sweet spot of a hike, too. A week or two is like, I get the feel of it, I understand it, I'm ready to kick, put my feet up and kick it for a minute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, circling back, um, I promise this is going to be the last hiking-related question and this show was built to not be hiking. But again, like, I'm just so interested in you because... I haven't had the chance to talk a lot with UK hikers and European hikers. So I want to circle back to one last trail that you mentioned, um, the Tayorora. And this is going to probably be um, more of a biased question because it's something that I'm looking into. But it was your first through hike. Um, what was that like? What was what was the Tayorora like as a first trail experience? It was phenomenal, man. Absolutely phenomenal. It was, yeah, 2012 is when I did it. Yeah, and uh, I went out with a very very good friend of mine, and uh, it was before like smartphones and stuff, so it was all on maps and compass. And yeah, it's cool as hell, bro. Like all the little shelters they've got, and the tropical beaches, and the fact you can do a section of it. It just yeah, it felt like a proper adventure. And then out there, that's where I met a PCT hiker, and he sort of planted the seed of uh, doing the stuff out in the states. Because it's called. It's called trekking over there, correct? Tramping, mate. Tramping. Okay, that's even better. Well, I like tramping. <laughs> I like that. That gives it a more <laughs> uh, what, what was the word? Fruitful experience there. <laughs> <laughs> so the ta- the terror war was the first one for you. What kind of got seated in that hike that it just made you want to keep pursuing? We were talking about being like addicted to this hiking lifestyle. Like what? What kind of seeded in you that first on that first trail that made you want to keep getting after it year after year? I think it's just that I had no better to do, to be fair, mate. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, well, what else am I going to do? Like, yeah, I'm not into sort of cars or anything like that or things. So it's like, oh, I'll save up, get a job. And then I worked for like a year and a half, two years. And then I asked the job if I could take some time off to go and have a pop at the PCT. And they said yes. So. I did that and then, yeah, got back, worked a year and a half and just sort of kept that thing of work a year and a half, take six months off, go do a trial and then go back and work for a bit until okay. I quit my job. So, yeah, so the big question in the show too is, um, yeah, what do you do for finances? What is your work life like and, yeah, how do you balance that with a on-trail life? Well, I'm a professional tiddly- tiddlywinks player. 
Excuse me? So, uh, a professional tiddlywinks player? Is, I'm, I'm sorry, is that a instrument in the UK? <laughs> yes, mate. No, I'm not really, bro. Um, <laughs> money-wise, I just... I, any way I can, to be fair. Like, I, I've worked the past 10 years as an outdoor instructor. Okay. Um, working with kids in outdoor education and also working with adults, you know, sort of trying to plant the seed of adventure and get people to live a more fruitful life. But I just got bored of it, man. So I left that and uh, I've been sort of selling stuff on eBay, yep. um, helping people out here and there. I sell Christmas trees during the winter. I'm also a massage therapist, so I sort of go out to people's houses, give them massages. Wow. Uh, so I'm only ever a couple of happy endings away from doing a through hike, you know, bro? <laughs> only ever a couple, yeah. Dude, I, I like it. I like it though, man. You you puzzle piece in anything you can to make it work. Um, exactly, mate. It's yeah. And there's no point working something you're not enjoying doing, you know. Yeah, yeah. Because that's the question. Um, that was kind of the impetus for creating this show is because I didn't hear it asked a lot in a lot of other shows, and kind of the resounding answers is it's never what you think. Like a lot of time outside looking in, people think about people that are through hiking for half the year or whatnot. And they're like, how do they do this? Do they just not work at all? And I guess the answer is just like, people make it work. They find what they want to do and then they just figure out how to puzzle piece in other parts of their life. So dude, I like it. And a professional tiddlywink player too. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to get that in my repertoire as well. (laughs) So, so let's, let's go back to 2012. You said you worked for about a year and a half. As this life's progressed a little bit and you seem to be revolving your life more around on trail and that type of stuff, how do you manage the time when you're off trail? What does that off trail time look like for you? Um, do you have a specific season that you're like, okay, this is my off trail time. This is what I'm going to do. So yeah, how do you manage off trail time? Yeah, well, I don't really like winter. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I pretty much go into hibernation mode, to be fair. It's a lot of uh, catching up with friends, hanging out you know, just work, save, and yeah, just enjoy life, you know? Do you find yourself wanting to do the same type of outlet when you're off trail? Do you find yourself wanting to go get after miles, or is that kind of just like a purely on-trail thing? I, I do, I am partial to a bit of fell running, or trail running, or whatever you want to call it, but okay. um, it's one of those, it's like I'll get well into it, get super, super addicted, and then I'll get injured, and then it'll just sort of fizzle away. Mm-hmm. Um, so I normally do a little bit of jogging for a bit during the off season, but yeah, just just hanging out. To be fair, mate, planning yeah. the next trip, you know, figure yeah. out what I want to do, what I can afford to do, and who I want to do it with, you know. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah, it is the winter season. I'm I'm the same. I'm in the same boat. Winter, winter, and me don't match. Um, my partner no. tried to convince me to move to Canada, and for these past two years, I've been fighting that Canadian winter like. Like it's the devil, man. It's so bad. Like we had a fu- we had a negative forty two degree day. I'm like, this is not, this is not real life, man. This is not okay. No, that that doesn't sound like fun at all, mate. <laughs> no, I'm I'm not I'm not partial to it. I'd rather be no. just wandering somewhere. So, let's let's dig into the off trail a little bit more. Um, with this off trail time and this type of lifestyle, it's very nomadic, and you're traveling a lot of the time, like a lot of the year. So have you found something that works staying connected with family and friends while you're on trail? What's that? Yeah. Like family and friends, like connection slash disconnection. Um, and have you found something that works for you? Yeah. Just message people as and when, you know, yeah. um, 
it's, it's that's the thing now with mobile phones. You're connected the whole bloody time. Do you know what I mean? Like, you, you can't really escape. So a lot of the time, I will just put my phone out by mode or, you know, flick it off. But I just won't look up my messages or anything. And I can go a few days without looking. And I just, you need to switch off sometimes, you know? Yeah. I think that's the problem. I've got people are just on it 24-7. And it just, yeah, it's not good. So it's... It sounds like being able to stay connected, you found that every few days if you, yeah, let your family and friends know what you're up to, kind of check in with them, um, they know that you're out there and um, it still lets them feel that love come through, even if it's not every other day, every day, it's like when you have the moment, it still lets that love shine through. Exactly, man. It's like you don't have to speak to someone to, to care for them, you know, it's like yeah. one of the guys I met with the other day, I probably haven't seen or spoke to him for like six years, you know? As soon as we link up, it's just, boom, the love's still there. You're back to where you used to be, you know? That, that, did you did you find him along the hike, or was it just a, was it a phone oh, call? No, we met up, prearranged. Oh, super cool, man. That is fun. Uh, yeah, and that's the thing. It's, yeah, you don't need to speak to people all the time, and I quite like just having my own time, you know? Yeah. I put stuff up on the Instagram, you know, like I'll run the stories and do, like, little posts and stuff, so... People who care about us follow that and they can make sure that I'm not dead yet, you know? <laughs> yeah. Instagram, um, that's something that kind of riles me every so often. How have you found the balance with that while hiking? Because, again, this is my own perception here. Is like when I have to do Instagram posts, it sometimes feels like it takes away for it. How have you found the balance to like manage Instagram and hiking? Well, I used to carry a little uh, piece of – a little notepad and a pen. Mm-hmm. And every night, it'd be like my nightly ritual would be I'd have to write in my little notepad half a page on what I'd done that day. So okay. an Instagram post just basically that, but digitalized, you know? Yep. So it's just my trail journal. Um, but the bonus is I can put a couple of extra pictures in there. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like the stories too, because, you know, when you're not really talking to anyone or something happens, sometimes it's nice just to share the experience. So I'll just put it on my stories just so other people can see it and... If it gives someone the kick up the ass to go out and make some miles, awesome, you know? And if not, hey, might put a smile on the face. This, yeah, this would be another unique question for you here. Is like, what's the Instagram community like overseas or in the UK? Um, because there's a lot of Instagrammers, um, I, I don't know if that's the correct term, but there's a lot of people that use Instagram in the US and they get these connections with trail angels, they get these connections with other hikers. What's the kind of community like for the UK Instagram? Yeah, it's basically the same, man. You know, you've got different communities going. You, you, you find people. I found some really cool people on there who I've hiked with. But there's also a lot of people on there who are totally different to what they portray on there, you know? Mm-hmm. And I've come across a few of them, you know? It's, uh, yeah, you've got to be careful of what people are pushing out on there, man. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Have you seen what you've been doing on this English Coast Path, have you seen it inspire anybody else to start planning it? Have you seen it inspire anybody else to start thinking about it? Have you, like, gotten those types of messages yet? No, I've had a few messages of people, you know, like, enjoying the journey and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, last year I did called The End to End, which is a uh, land's end to John O'Groats. It's like the bottom of England to the top of Scotland. And uh, I put out a thing on the internet seeing if anyone wants to join us about 10 other people joined wow. but after doing that seeing quite a rise of people through hiking that last season and then this season there's a lot of people doing it 
Um, so that's quite cool, cool to say. You're going to be the most well-traveled uh, person in the UK, Impala. <laughs> you're, go- you're going on the coast. Uh, you're going wild boys in the UK, bro. Yeah, you're going around the coast. You're going straight through the heart of it. Like, man, you're going to be well-traveled throughout that country. Yeah, well, it's home turf, innit? It'd be rude to come over to the States. You'd be like, oh, have you done the English coast? But I like, oh, no, I decided to come over here and do 3,000 miles instead. It's just a bit retarded, isn't it? Huh. I, I, <laughs> I like that mentality though being like yeah it's the home turf kind of explored and um feel my home on a different level i, I do like that mentality yeah. i would be curious um do you mind me do you mind if i ask you how old you are impala yeah no worries man i am 35 35 okay so you got back into this in 2012 let's let's test my math here that's 10 years ago so you got into this about in your mid-20s yeah mom so, that's, that's like the, the backpacking side of it. You know, I'd always sort of camped and hiked and stuff. Mm-hmm. So in your mid-20s, I know you said your father had a big role to play in this, but I guess in the through-hiking sense and realizing that this could be something you could pursue so so much, who would have who would you say had the biggest impact on you in this type of yeah field and like lifestyle? Um, It can be your father again, but I'd be curious, at, at that point in your life, who had the biggest impact on you? To to get into the through hiking big style, man, that'd have to be the, the man who named me, bro. Yeah. Um, a guy called Meander. Um, lovely gentleman. He lives up uh, near the northern terminus of the PCT, and he used to go out and uh, get the trail register and bring it back. But I actually bumped into him on the TRO, and he gave me my name. And, yeah, it was him talking about the PCT and stuff that made me go out and give that a whirl. He magicked me on that. When I did the AT, he drove over and he did trail magic for me on that. And, you know, just the amount of kindness that guy has shown me, it's, yeah, I think he's the inspiration that, yeah, wow. keeps me going and keeps me kind, man, you know. That's amazing he drove out all the way to the AT. That's a that's a far oh, haul. Yeah, when I went to do the CDT, I flew into Arizona, didn't even realize, plane lands. He's like, oh, I'm waiting for you outside. He picks <laughs> me up and drives me to Pokey Cook, man. Like... What oh, kind of guy does that? He drove down from Seattle, mate. Like, he's mental. <laughs> That's amazing, man. That that connection is really strong, man. How, how long were you all? Yeah. How long were you all hiking together? Couple of days, mate. Wow. That's. That... Do you know what I mean? Like that's the thing. That's what I love about the trail, man. It's like you meet people and it's just instantly. If you connect, you connect, man. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It, it speaks to the powerfulness of it. Is like. Yeah, a few days and you can have a friend for life and a, a family pretty much. I mean, that that that's that's absolutely amazing that the connection can form that strong and yeah, you really do you really do see that because I I don't know, it strips away a lot of stuff that you can't connect on when you're in quote unquote real life. Like you get to really feel the person for who the person is. Yeah. Dude, well, I it reveals your true self, you know, cuz when you're struggling and you're suffering, it's, you, you can see the realness in someone, you know? Yeah. And I think that's the thing, too. It's like when you meet someone who's done the same trail as you, instantly, no matter what year they did it, does that bond there? Yeah. You know, it's like you, you just know that you've both been through the same shit. So it's you, you sort of, I don't want to say brothers in arms, but you know what I mean? Like, it's, yeah, yeah I, shared experience. I do understand it because my own mind has drawn parallels to that, and I'm also hesitant to say that term as well because... I don't want to take yeah. away anything from any of that yeah, commu- got, um, yeah. community, but it's like you go through the same blood, sweat, and tears. Like you understand the person that had to get over that mountain pass on a hard mile day, or like 
tried not to die from falling off a cliff. Like you understand like the struggle and it's a lot of these subconscious things that play a role when you meet that person. Like you might not realize it, but your brain's just firing on all these connections and yeah, you get that instant connection. Yeah. Do you meet a whole lot of other um, ATers, PCTers, CDTers, um, US hikers over in the UK? Like, is there a lot of transition over overseas that way? Not massively, man. Occasionally, I'm trying to think. I've maybe met one or two. Okay. Um, there, there is like a sort of a big push of like Brits seem to be heading over to the States the past few seasons to do some more trials. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot more sort of, yeah hikers who've done them over this side but yeah i've never really bumped into many americans while hiking yeah again it's coming from my own perspective here it's it's my own ignorance speaking what really drew me to you was these amount of trails that you've done over in the uk and i'm just like i had no idea there were even that many to be honest i just haven't done a lot of research and i know that's a different part of the country Uh, but like i've known about a few key trails but specifically the uk I had no idea they had 15 trails through there, man. That's that's really yeah. cool. That's just England, mate. There's more if you take into account Scotland. Yeah. It's, isn't there something... Um, you, you would probably know the name of this trail system. It goes from border to border in Scotland. Um, is it the Scotland Way, maybe? Oh, mate. <laughs> so you've got two, mate. You've got... Oh, no, you've got three, sorry. You've got the South, you know, like Southern Upland Way, I think it's called. Okay. That's the good one. And then you've got the Great Glen Way, which goes from like Fort William to Inverness, which goes via like Loch Ness. And it, it, it's bloody spectacular, mate, but it's a shite walk. <laughs> You're much better off like hiring a bike or doing it in a canoe. Yeah. Um, because hiking it is just like a road walk the whole way. It's, it's not the nicest. Mm. And then the other one is um, the John Muir Way. And. <laughs> Mate, John Muir would turn in his grave if he had to hike that, man. It's <laughs> awful. It's just a flat, hard canal the whole way. It's, huh. it's ugh. That's, that's interesting that the John Muir name uh, transitioned overseas there. Yeah, man, I'm not sure why, but yeah, <laughs> he would awful, t- mate. He would turn in his grave. He's like, I'm not hiking this. There's no way. Oh, dude. Uh, yeah, I've, I've, I've done it twice now, like a big section of it. And both times, it's just awful. It's just there's like scallies getting pitched on the side of the canal, <laughs> nowhere to come, hard pack. It's yeah, just not a nice experience, man. Yeah, C- canal walking is brutal. Um, I did the Potomac Heritage Trail, and thankfully it was only what four hundred ish miles, but it was mostly canal, <sighs> canal walking, man. And dude, it's brutal. Like canal walking's again, it's the flat miles, and it's like. It's not necessarily easy. Like, your mind starts fighting you on those miles. Yeah, because you've just got no to look at either of you. It's just flat, horizonless boringness. Yeah, it's, it's weird. How, so, but it is cool. Yeah, because especially, again, as we were talking about this, how do you keep your mind occupied? How do you keep your mind occupied when you're doing some of these miles that are, I guess, less than glamorous or um, just grinding them out? So... How do you keep, I guess the question here is, how do you keep sane? How do you keep sane? Music. <laughs> music. I like to listen to music. Um, I'll play games in my head. So it's like, I'll, I'll say the hello game, but also I'll do it so every person I see, I have to come up with a different greeting. Mm-hmm. So, so sometimes you end up just grunting at people, but that can be quite fun. <laughs> uh, breathing exercises, 
just being mindful within the experience too, but I never really get bored or never feel like I've gone totally insane. Hmm. You know, sometimes you'll talk to yourself and go a little bit doolally, but yeah. You, so not been set yet. You've never, never had the feeling of boredom while out there? No, man. Wow. How can I be bored, bro? Like, I think it's that thing after a while, it just, it feels like home. Like, I'd much rather be out here sat in a bush yeah then i would be sat at home on a set watching tv do you know what i mean yeah yeah i do i do know what you mean it's just cu- it's just curious because like i'm the same way like anywhere you put me on a trail it feels like home but i still sometimes fight i still sometimes fight on a especially mentally brutal day of fighting with that feeling of boredom um it, it's just curious that you're like no you never have it but again different different mindsets um Hmm. get the hardness do you know what i mean like I'll, I'll when i get to the other thing i'll be like man i'm so happy that day's over that was hell yeah but i'd never be like that was a boring day yeah, yeah i'd I... always be like i was blessed like there'd always be some magical moment within it you know even if it was sideways windy hell rain yeah there'd, there'll be some magic in there somewhere so yeah i guess i guess it is it's how you define boredom i guess it never really yeah, quote unquote is boring because even any day there's some type of stimuli coming in at you, and even if it's a brutal day, like you said, that sideways wind is like, it's not necessarily boring. It's just <laughs> you would prefer it not to be there. Yeah, and if it is getting like that, man, just make your way to town, smash a couple of beers, and you're on your happy little way again, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the scary part. I, I don't want to be wobbling out of these towns. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. It's very much the British culture too, man. Like most of the trials are glorified pub crawls. Oh man, that that would be but nice. I bet like three times a day. I bet the food is fantastic. Uh, yeah, it's alright, man. It's alright. It's obviously like sort of stodgy stuff. Hmm. Do you do you find the necessity to even need to resupply on something like this, or it's you're going through town so frequently that you're just like, I'll I'll fill up my pack uh, today because I'm gonna go through another town. Yeah, I'll just I'll kind of belly carry most yeah. of the time, you know, and then just sort of grab like a four pack of bars or whatnot and just chuck them in the back just in case. But I, I bought a load of cheap stuff the other day, so I'm actually carrying about two days worth of food at the moment, but it's all good. Did you say belly carry as in like, it's like cameling up, but with food? Yeah, man, <laughs> just get to town, eat as much as you can till you feel like you're going to puke. <laughs> And then just roll out and just not eat for like a day and a half. <laughs> Dude, I've never heard that phrase, but I love it. I might have to start using a little bit of that phrase, man. Belly carry. I, oh, man. Oh, it's amazing, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, that, that's when you know you're doing it right because you can have that super light pack. And then if you roll into town, just as you're starting to get hungry, you feel like a god. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not worn weight if, it's, if you're carrying it in your stomach, right? Exactly, mate. <laughs> you're just you're just gonna feel a little sick and a little wobbly trying to get out of the town, but it's better than it being on your back. hundred oh, percent, mate. Hundred <laughs> percent. Dude, I love that, man. Man, you've you've shown me a few things now. You've shown me voice text. You've shown me a uh, belly belly carry. Um, <laughs> God, man, you're enlightening you're enlightening my world over here. Uh, and you've done the same for me man with your podcast bro oh dude thank you um yeah it it tends to sometimes get a little rambly but um i think that's the flavor of it man it's just having a chat to chat like just getting to feel the person's energy and feel the person's vibes and that's what i love about it man so thank you yeah 
So um, a couple more questions for you. Uh, we're getting close to that hour. Um, I know you got some miles to go, and I know you're uh, going to be a little sad to get out of the bush and back into the wind. So maybe keep you a little bit uh, longer. But <laughs> no, um, I, I would be curious with the trail community as that's um, concerned because it doesn't sound like there's a whole lot of quote-unquote trail community in the UK. So I guess this is going to be a harder question, but like how has the community itself embraced you? And I guess I want to put the term trail on there. How has the trail community embraced you in the UK? I don't know how to define that, so I guess I'm going to leave that up to you. Like, Yeah, how has the trail community embraced you in the UK? Well, I've never met a hiker I haven't got on with, mate. So I think that's all the embracing I need, man, you know? Yeah, that's true. Like, yeah, I, everyone seems pretty sound, and a couple of companies have been very sort of lucky to hop on and hook us up with some stuff and that. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I, I feel like, yeah, I'm pretty lucky, man, and the community does look after me, even though it's small. But like I say, it's growing, and it's getting bigger, and it's getting better, you know? And that's kind of one of the blessings. Um, again, like I'm in a, I'm an old man at heart a little bit, but I guess that's one of the also blessings about Instagram is that it lets you have that feeling of trail community, even if you're doing a route or a trail that there's not a whole lot of like physical other hikers on. It still lets you have that feeling of like connection. Yeah. Hmm. Do, do well, you're just sharing it, aren't you? Huh? Excuse me. You're just sharing, and it's yeah. like an experience shared is is heightened, you know. It's yeah. even if people weren't there with you, it's like I'll, I'll phone up a friend, like, "Oh, what happened with that guy the other day?" And he's like talking about something. I'll put on my story. And I'm like, "Bro, well, what, how did you know about that?" <laughs> you know, it's because I forget I put it up there. So when I'm chatting, yeah, it just it it's like two different worlds sometimes. Do you do you find yourself? I guess the word here is: Do you find yourself because you've done the ATM PCT? Do you find yourself like really missing the camaraderie of having other hikers around or you're like a very independent hiker? Like what, what's the feeling around this trail compared to the AT or is it something that you just, you realize this is the trail and that's just what you go for? Like, do you miss having those other trail communities around? Oh uh, yeah, I miss seeing hikers, man. Like, but the cool thing is like I hit different national trails on this, so hopefully I will bump into some as I go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm a social guy, man. Like, I like hiking with other hikers and stuff, and yeah, I enjoy it. But <laughs> at the same time, it's nice to not have that, you know? Yeah. Because I know when I do get that again, I'll appreciate it even more. And then when I get times like this, when you don't have it, you appreciate it too, you know? It's yeah. a different vibe and different experience, and it makes you go to different places and learn different things, you know? Yeah, it really it really does come down to the balance of it. Like like I was telling you, my partner and I, we've done a lot of the, not these UK lesser known trails, but a lot of the lesser known trails in the US and not a whole lot of hikers around it. So you have to like create that community and that sense of connection for yourselves. And you appreciate those moments when you're like, I saw no one today and like I had a fantastic day. But then you also, going back to the popular trails, you're like, I appreciate seeing 50 people a day and like being able to have that conversation and that connection so yeah it's 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 about balance yeah yeah so impala if you had to choose one thing huh, i'm gonna i'm trying to think how to ask this question yeah yeah if you could choose one thing one passion um that could be the physical exertion that could be going through and getting to meet all these new 
people, new places. What would be the one passion that keeps bringing you back to this type of life year after year? I think it's got to be the spirituality, bro. Okay. Like, honestly, it's like the sort of... when it, the, You know when you spend a lot of time outside? Mm-hmm. You just sort of become more in tune to everything. It's like, I'll stop and have a break. And by the time I've stopped and had my break and I'm ready to move again, that's when it'll start raining. That's happened to me like three times now. Yeah. So it's like, I'll think about something or I'll think about someone and then they'll phone me. It's like... It's that sort of connection you get, and yeah. yeah. I don't sound like a big old pippy, but yeah, there's, there's something higher out there, you know, and I, that's what I enjoy. That's why I like it. It's that sort of getting closer to God almost, you know? Not yeah. that I'm religious in any way, shape, or form. I believe there's something out there, but I don't know what or who. Yeah. I'm in line with you. I, I, I completely understand what you're saying. It's like you do feel there is, again, I'm not super religious either, but you do feel like there's something bigger you, f- you feel like there's a certain energy that's bigger and however you want to define that people can define that but it's like yeah like you're sitting down and you get up and then it starts raining or you run underneath a bridge for lunch and as soon as you get under the bridge it starts raining like yeah it, there's something about it man you, yeah the connection yeah the, con- the connection to it is something um it's like a sixth sense kind of like have you found you've been I don't know if this would be the same in the UK, but I guess maybe on these other trails, like you can be sitting down, taking a break and you can feel this might be, like you said, a little too hippy dippy, but you like, you can feel the forest's presence a little bit. Like you can feel the activity around it. Yeah. And, yeah. hundred percent, man. I felt that all the time, man. It's like, you'll sort of, your gaze will be naturally drawn to like a bush just as like a deer or something walks through it. You know, it's uh yeah. yeah, it's weird. You can just sense things a bit more. And I think that's from being out in nature for a longer period of time. I think it is. You know, I enjoy the aspects of hiking, but that's the one that really gets me going. It's like, yeah, that's cool as hell, man. And I don't know if this is my own feeling around this or two, but like, you feel like a certain acceptance from the wildlife when you've been out there for a long time, too. Like, you feel that you're not scaring birds as much or butterflies because like they just start to see you as part of the environment, too. I'm wild, bro. Yeah, you know, I'm full on uh, feral at the moment. Yeah, you know, so it's like I smell natural. I, you know, yeah, they they come close, or they'll sort of they won't even move now. Like rabbits will just sort of hang out in the bush. Yeah, they won't, they won't run away from us. And it's like ah, oh, sweet. I'm, I'm on level two. <laughs> Is, isn't that so cool though, man? Like I don't know how to define that in words, but it's like something's there. Like something's there. Like something you get to a point of being in the in being in nature that yeah there's an acceptance there i mean my, my last day on the cdt we were up in glacier and i'm walking a little bit in front of my buddy and like i just i don't know what made me look at this bush but like there's this bush and there's this little window in this bush about i don't know a few feet wide and Nothing rustled, nothing moved, and it was just a mountain lion's face staring right at me, man. No way, bro. Dude, and we just made eye contact for what, for me, felt like, I don't know, a few minutes, but could have been 10 seconds. And, like, I just got to stare into this mountain lion's eyes for a few seconds, and then it just bounded away. And I have no idea what drew me to look at that place in that moment. Man, that's magic, man. It really was, man. And it was literally, like, it's all these things that came together. Like it was my little last day of the CDT. We were going to be summiting that day. 
um like it had been some brutal days getting there but like that moment was just like so powerful like it's moments yeah. it's moments like that man what a way to finish man dude yeah and, and i didn't get it eaten by the mountain lion so even better <laughs> <laughs> i had some clean underpants too to get changed into after that as well man yeah i couldn't hike in those pants any, anymore <laughs> <laughs> yeah I had, to, I had to strip down i had to hike the last miles naked no no <laughs> but I, I did i did wait for my buddy i'm like hey man i might want to hike with you through the valley for a little bit longer here bud so impala two last questions for you and then I'll let you get back to those miles, man. And thank you so much for taking the time out of your day again yeah, no, for doing take this. As long as we need, dude. Um. So, second to last question, kind of in line with similar to what I just asked you, but what does "quote unquote" the trail mean to you? Um. I guess we were just talking about it a little bit in a sense, but yeah, what does broadly the trail mean to you? Oh man. Yeah. Hundred percent home, bro. Like. It's where I feel 100% comfortable. I enjoy it. I know if I've got my pack on, I know exactly what's in there, and I know I'm going to be all right, you know? Shit, I don't even need money, bro. Like, I'd quite happily just bounce around begging or doing whatever I need to do to get by. But, yeah, the trail's home, man. No matter where it is, what country, it's just being outside. It's it's natural. And yeah, it's yeah. where I want to be, so that's where I'm going to be. It's a beautiful thing, man, that home doesn't have to be a specific place it, it, it's the feeling I, I love i love how you answered that it's the feeling of any trail you you hike on the at you go over hike on the english coast path you go over hike on one of the e1s like like you said you got yeah. your, you got your pack on you got your feet on the ground like if you feel home you know, you know you're in the you're right doing. spot yeah you know you know what you're doing you know how to get by so yeah dude it's nice beautiful i love it man i love it so, I mean, this question is going to be a follow-up to that one, but I feel like I know where you're going to go with this, but I want to hear it, I want to hear it in your words. So, is there a certain goal you're looking to reach within hiking, backpacking? Um, is there an endpoint that you're trying to hit, uh, transition it eventually? Um, yeah, is there a certain goal that you're looking for in, in this type of world? No, man. Just keep doing miles, making smiles. Try and inspire some other people to do the same. You know, because the more people who do it, if everyone went backpacking, man, the world would be a better place, bro. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if you can inspire someone to get out or take someone who hasn't been out, then yeah, I think that's that's all I want to do, man. You know, just keep doing what I'm doing. There's there's no real goal. I've got lists of like trails that I wouldn't mind going to do when the finances are right or the time's right. Yeah. And that's 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 it. That's how I'm rolling. I love it, man. You see what life does with me. Yeah, if if everybody backpacked, man, like you said, the world would be would be a happier place. It it gives people a certain inner sense of calm. Um, I've really noticed that mm-hmm. with myself, with people I've hiked with, with people I've met for a brief few minutes. Like it does give us inner sense of calm and happiness. So with you spreading that, man, that's 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 a good good way to wrap it up, man. I, yeah. I love how you answered those last two questions, man. It's very succinct and like this is just how it is. It is, man. Love hey, it. dude, it's been an absolute pleasure being on here. We've been chatting to you, Constantine, and uh, I look forward to the day our trails cross, man. Dude, for sure, man. I, I'd love to step out some miles with you, man. It's um, It's been a joy speaking with you, too. So, yeah, last little bit, man. Um, I want to give the platform over to you. 
so people know where they can get those miles of smiles with you and uh, where they can hear some more fruitful language, as, as you put it. <laughs> um, I think I kept you up on it, but I didn't drop too many F-bombs, did I? No, you didn't. I'm just playing, I'm just playing with you, man. Um, but yeah, the platform's your, yours, man. Um, where can people uh, interact with you? I don't know, just uh, Impala on trial. Um, I've got a few YouTube videos. Um, there's a couple of like trail erotically ones from like UK things and a few just sort of rubbish ones. And then, uh, yeah, just Instagram. Cool. And uh, yeah, if anyone's interested in hiking in the UK or what, just feel free to DM me and I'll uh, get back to you and uh, help you find the right trail for you, you know? I might bug you with some messages about UK hiking. Again, this is kind of... Oh, hell yeah, dude. <laughs> if you're ever coming over, hit me up, man. I'll uh, I'll guide you on some of them, man. <laughs> oh, dude, that would be sweet, man. <laughs> we can slow them together, man. Oh, I love it, man. Well, uh, yeah, I just want to thank you again, Impala. Thanks for uh, joining and uh, sharing some time with us here. No, thank you, dude. Well, folks, another week, another guest, another episode. We have been really enjoying sharing these stories and really diving into the minds behind the miles, the minds behind the hiker, the minds behind the outdoors person. We have been loving this format. We have been loving the conversations. So yeah, as this show has continued to grow, we have been really loving being able to share all these stories. So if you all really enjoy this show, this episode, this podcast, we would love to hear from you. So please, if you are able, Go to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. Leave us a rating and let us know. Let us know how you are enjoying the show so we can continue to share and we can continue to spread these stories as we dive into the who and the how, not necessarily the what. As we get to take a look into the minds and really see what makes these hikers tick. Really see what makes these hikers, these outdoors people, these climbers continue to want to live a life of adventure. So... Yeah, please leave us a review over on Apple Podcasts. Like, subscribe. Every little thing really helps us and fuels us to continue to share these stories and to continue to let us have these conversations with more amazing people. And as always, if you have a suggestion, if you know of somebody that you really want to hear on the show or you yourself want to be a guest on the show, please email us at offtrailpodcast.com. Or visit our Instagram page at Off Trail Podcast and communicate with us through there. Send us a message. Follow along. Get updates on the new guests that are coming out, the new episodes that are coming out. We would love to share your story. We would love to hear from you. Any suggestions, any guests, all are welcome. Hope to see you next week on and off trail. <laughs>